0: Welcome back to Crimes from the East. I'm your host, Pia. Today, we're going to catch up with part two of the Nanavati Blitz story. A quick recap. So far, we've seen how one afternoon in 1959, an enraged commander Nanavati went over to the home of his wife's lover, Prem Ahuja, and shot him dead. He then surrendered to the police and the case went to court. Many allowances to the law and rule of land were made for Commander Nanavati owing to his high status in the navy. And of course, his reach in high stations of Indian politics at the time certainly helped as well. Let's now hear how the tabloid paper The Blitz helped in shaping the story further. Apart from all this star-studded legal counsel, however, there was a third protagonist in this case. And that was the secret weapon. The local tabloid called The Blitz, which was owned by a fearless and shrewd newsman, a Parsi gentleman called Rusi Karanjia. Uh oh, he's
1: gonna be biased. Uh huh, <laughs> yeah,
0: clearly. In a strategic move way ahead of its time and ahead of his peers in the news industry, Rusi Karanjia realized that the power of the tabloid press was insurmountable
1: untapped yeah
0: he was determined to shape the public's narrative with a version of the truth and even a little untruth that would project kavas as a man who had no choice but to vanquish the philandering playboy Premahuja, huja who had entrapped impressionable gullible sylvia into adultery while the naval hero served the nation Hmm. sounds different when you say it that way right
1: he who controls the narrative controls the people. The truth
0: was that Prem and Sylvia were very much in love. Adulterers? Yes. Wrong? Yes. But they were trying to figure out how to be together, right? It mm-hmm. wasn't a devious game that they were playing to spite Kavas. Yeah. It happened. Its yeah. emotions were humans. It happened.
1: And it sounds like she came clean pretty quickly, right? They were having an affair for a year, but she
0: told him she didn't have to because yeah. he would be sailing for years to come. Right?
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, I don't know.
0: They could have gone, uh, gone around doing this for years and years ahead, right? But she didn't because that's not what they wanted for themselves. Right. They probably had regret and they wanted to fix it. They wanted to make it right. Yeah. And so the puppet master, a.k.a. the Blitz, which usually sold for 25 paise at that mm-hmm. time for a single copy. Now, 25 paise is, get this, a quarter of a single cent. I don't think there's a term for that.
1: How many um, paise to a rupee? A hundred. Oh my God. That's just like the tiniest, littlest amount of money. It's a micro money.
0: If you find one of those little, uh, what do you call them, Lincoln cents at home,
1: you mean the one cent coin that is still fully in circulation, Pia? Yeah. <laughs> yes, we... the one cent, the copper cent. <laughs> that we all have. <laughs> wow. Are there one rupee coins? There are one rupee coins. Are there Pese currency? Probably not anymore, right?
0: I know they may be in circulation, but nothing sells for
1: that anymore. Yeah, I think Pese now are probably just beads. People like to put them on bathroom floors
0: now. Coins on floors. Have you seen this on TikTok and Instagram?
1: No. It's
0: one of those DIY trends. Like you put epoxy or whatever and you put coins Coins all over your floor. Coin floors. So maybe that's a good use for them.
1: Also not supposed to hand off money with the left hand.
0: Yeah, you can't use it with your left hand. You can't step on it because goddess Lakshmi, the goddess of wealth,
1: is in money. Wow.
0: You can't put it on the floor. So the Blitz used to sell for 25 pese, or yeah, take one of those cents you have at home, cut it into four pieces. One of those tiny slices is how much that copy used to sell for. And slowly, because of their sensational coverage of this case, the price of the Blitz reached a plum sum of two rupees. Wow. Two rupees. That's 2,000% bump. I'm bad at math. I also am bad at math. But from 25 to 2 rupees, a very high amount yeah. for a copy of tabloid papers. Most people in the middle class back then used to make like two or 300 rupees annually. That's nuts. So two bucks is quite significant, but people were buying this. Mm-hmm. Of course, Bombay has always been home to the rich, the ultra-rich and the bourgeoisie. So the papers sold out every time. There were no dearth of takers. hmm The headlines would be splashed across every part of Bombay City, Saturday morning. Headlines like, Three Shots That Shook the Nation. Tragedy of the Eternal Triangle. Hmm. Sylvia Tells Her Story of Love and Torture. What Kind of a Man Was Prem Ahuja? Should I Marry Every Woman I Sleep With? And so on and so forth. Yeah. Now it's hilarious, but in that paper, the front page ads would also always be really tongue-in-cheek and satirical in nature. Like I saw one which had a desi wife in a sari serving her tired husband back from work, parleji glucose biscuits <laughs> after a hard day's work to give him extra energy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Wink, wink, wink. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> God, this Rusi Karanjia fellow must have been an interesting guy. Yeah. He was playing both sides of the argument for his own profit. People lapped up the juicy, salacious gossip as if it were coming straight from the horse's mouth. Right? You believe what you read. When in fact, a lot of it was coming actually from the horse's ass.
1: (laughs) Nice. Nice.
0: We are seeing stuff like this now where you see fake news poison the minds of idiots all over the globe. Idiots who think they can cure COVID with horse pills and turmeric. Cowdung. So this was kind of an example of that (gasps) taking
1: place back then, right? They just
0: believed everything that was printed in the Blitz. The public sentiment was completely in favor of Kavas. Thousands of members of the Parsi communities would protest and hold gatherings in prominent locations as a show of support for him. The courtroom proceedings were always full of some excitement and dramatic scenes since such hotshot lawyers were involved, right? right? They didn't leave any tool out of their toolbox when it came to these courtroom uh, sessions. The peacocks were out to strut. (sighs) Kavas would be brought into the court from naval custody with a full naval escort of officers and high-ranking ones, all dressed in their best and clearly there to send a message of solidarity and also perhaps to apply a little subliminal pressure, you know, like don't mess with the Navy, we're all here. Mm -hmm. So outside of the court, there was always a hullabaloo. Women, young and old, would swoon over Kava, screaming his name and throwing lipstick-kissed notes at him.
1: Falling in love with the murderer. Why? What is up with that?
0: There are some sick women out there who are attracted to bad boy types, like bad boy criminals, you know.
1: Bad boys.
0: Here, he is not being seen as a bad boy. He's being seen as a really, really
1: good boy. Like such a, the husband of, yeah. The wow. wronged husband. Mm-hmm. Are you going to talk about where Sylvia fell in this whole situation? So in all this blame game and
0: mudslinging, Sylvia got caught in the middle of it all. She now had nothing and no one left to rely on but her husband and his family. And so she made peace with it. She went along with the defense counsel' narrative of being seduced by Prem and then being scorned of sorts when Prem refused to marry her. No! She had to read out her love letters to Prem in court, wherein she talked about seeing no other way to happiness but being with Prem, being the mother of his children, and so on and so forth. A complete shattering of her as a person in public. Mm -hmm. She bared it all just to save her husband and for the sake of her three children and the family's future man she's already lost one man if she loses kavas too she has nothing left her children have no father and i think she kind of gave herself up to protect her family
1: imagine going through a scandal and then imagine going through a scandal in like not even your own country you're so alone yeah god that would suck
0: No one's looking at you and sympathizing with you. And remember, you're part of the group that cruelly ruled the country for hundreds Mm -hmm. of years, so you're Mm -hmm. already (laughs) the enemy.
1: Yeah, they're gonna just enjoy your pain, pretty much.
0: The Indian public saw her as a promiscuous white woman who mm-hmm. obviously didn't have the same ethics and morals as the sanctimonious Indian woman did. <laughs> a Daisy woman would never have dishonored her husband like that. Oh, no, 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 no.
1: That's not how you do it.
0: She was projected as a sex-crazed British woman who didn't deserve a Lord Ram-like figure of Kavas. Behind the scenes... They are on the same side. But in court, they were pitted a little bit against each other, right? Like, if you create enough villains, then the hero emerges with all the sympathy of the jury. Right. Despite solid evidence. Despite yeah. solid evidence. You have to create the narrative, and that's what happened. So Sylvia was the unfaithful, foreign, impressionable, gullible wife who apparently had no agency of her own. Mm-hmm. And Premahuja was painted as the Casanova bachelor rich rolling stone who had several flings and no regards for morals. Yeah. Their relationship was made out to be emotionally trivial. Nothing mm. more than a seduction. Physical. in evil seduction. Yeah. Kavas, of course, came out unscathed. He was the wronged husband, the upright, honest officer who was simply defending his honor. His wife's honor, his family's mm-hmm. honor. In a patriarchal society, that is the ultimate.
1: Um. So you said that in the background, she and he were together, like together again. Yeah. Basically, he still wanted to be married to her, still wanted her despite what she did. And she chose to go back to him out of necessity, but she was able to forgive that she like murdered the man she was supposedly in love with. Just to like, you know, maintain her life. Interesting. I mean, I get it.
0: We can speculate because he may have felt guilty. He knows what he's done, right? You know, he was away for months at a time. Maybe he was emotionally distant, preoccupied with his work because he was part of several naval missions all over the world. You know, some were conflict situations, some were highly sensitive security missions. He was doing a lot of high profile work for the Navy. So he may have been cold distant preoccupied we don't know and maybe he felt guilty for it at this point and he thought well maybe i was responsible for it
1: what a mess it's just like a whole different worldview on all sides for everyone i think
0: yeah this somehow did manage to make up for it they maybe were like fine we went through that patch yeah now think about the next (laughs) step in hand which is keep me out of jail right And then we'll figure it out.
1: But then she's going to spend the rest of her life with someone who murdered someone. I guess...
0: He's a soldier. That's what he was trained to do. Yeah. (laughs) The natural response to an enemy threat is to eliminate it. Yeah. As a soldier, you're trained to kill.
1: Oh, Interesting.
0: The nine-person jury in this case consisted of Hindus, Parsis, a Catholic, and a Protestant. So roughly a good representation of typical bombay society yeah now what i think happened and it might have been a crucial factor in this case is that the jury doesn't seem to have been sequestered at all what that means is typically when you have a jury on such a high profiled case
1: you keep them away from influences yes you
0: keep them in seclusion in isolation in a hotel or something so they are not affected by Outside influence, like media campaigns and so right? On. At that time, juries were not sequestered. So they were all going home, talking to people, reading the Blitz, and being influenced in practically all dimensions. So the defense claimed that this was a case of accidental shooting. They claimed that Kawas had taken the gun to take his own life <laughs> and had kept it on the dresser. When talking to Prem. So he kept the gun on the dresser. He talked to Prem. Apparently he said, you filthy swine. What are your intentions with Sylvia? Did you plan to marry Sylvia? Are you going to take care of my three children? These are the questions he asked Prem. Mm -hmm. To which Prem had scoffed and replied to him and said, am I to marry every woman that I sleep with? Hmm. This unhinged Kavas. Prem reached for the gun and Kavas grabbed his arm. And then the shots rang out. So accidental shots as they were wrestling for the gun is what their version. Yeah, makes total sense. Incident was. (laughs) Now, as we heard before, medical doctors testified for the prosecution about the bullet trajectory and how the fatal shot was at a downward angle at the back of his head. So that means Prem was turned away, Mm. possibly leaning or falling when he was shot in the head. Now, that doesn't sound like an accident yeah the other two shots maybe maybe Mm -hmm. maybe the one into the clavicle and the fingers okay accidental while they're wrestling yeah but if he's turned away at that point you're not wrestling why is it at a downward angle on his head yeah the defense was desperately and successfully painting this as a crime of passion what is it called in french crime passionale what is it
1: crime is there a special word for this in french um, yeah, crime passionnel. Is that a special French thing? Sure, why not?
0: It was actually a legally accepted uh, claim in court in France for the longest time. Okay. Till like the 1800s. Yeah, you could literally ah. say, I was jealous of this man making designs on my wife, so I killed him in a crime of passion and he would be let free.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just didn't realize that the like French version of it was specifically significant. But yeah, okay. Interesting. So an accident that occurred
0: in the heat of the moment was what they suggested this was. Yeah. He didn't have a gun in his pocket. He had to go get it.
1: I feel like a crime of passion can be premeditated, though. In my opinion, if a crime of passion is a thing, you could premeditate it a little bit. Premeditation...
0: Beats crime of fashion. It beats heat of the moment. So that's what they were trying to determine. He left his home. He went to the ship. Mm-hmm. He got the gun.
1: Yeah. Then
0: he drove to the office. From the office, he went to the home. Yeah. All of this took time. All of this took time. It was not heat of the moment. There were several steps where he could have stopped and ended this from happening. Yeah. But he didn't. Kawas also testified that he had taken the gun to Prem's home because Sylvia had told him that Prem might have a gun and he might shoot him in anger. Okay, this is what he said in court. All you have to do is introduce doubt in the minds of the jury as to why he had the gun. Mm -hmm. So a lot of shady testimony was being thrown around at this point to save his skin. The difference in culpability in homicide amounting to murder and not amounting to murder, which is, you know, the premeditation part we were talking about. Mm -hmm. It has a huge difference in terms of sentencing. Homicide not amounting to murder. So no premeditation and it's basically manslaughter or murder in the second degree in the U.S. Okay. Would carry a maximum of only 10 years imprisonment with a chance
1: of parole. Is it just me or is this terminology kind of redundant sounding? How does a homicide not result in murder? Isn't a homicide a murder? (laughs) Maybe more like technical versus intention-based. You know what I
0: mean? Yeah, but homicide just means man-killing.
1: Yes,
0: (laughs) so man-killing is homicide, Yeah. and murder attaches an intention to it.
1: It should be like homicide by murder or homicide not by murder. The resulting part is what's bothering me. Okay, (laughs) was the homicide an accidental homicide? Or was, yeah, anyways, doesn't matter. (laughs)
0: so murder is intentional that's what i'm saying
1: yeah but it's the murder that results in the homicide not the homicide that results in the murder
0: that's just legal jargon you know they want to fill pages because make it longer much much longer
1: yeah let's just make it complicated so people who aren't lawyers like guess who this guy i'm (laughs) pointing at myself get confused
0: So it's only 10 years imprisonment with the chance of parole if it's a homicide not amounting to murder. But if it is homicide amounting to murder or first-degree murder, as you say in the U.S., it means it could result in life imprisonment without parole or even the death penalty. Okay. This is the crux of the whole media campaign. They have admitted, like he confessed, that... A death has occurred and he is responsible, mm-hmm. but to which degree he is responsible is what the narrative wanted to shake. The jury had to decide on whether Kavas Manik Nanavati was guilty or not guilty of first degree murder under Section 302 and second degree murder under Section 304 of the Indian Penal Code. So they gave them both options to the jury. You can pick one or both or whatever. Yeah. So after a metric ton of highly charged courtroom drama, on October 21st, 1959, the jury deemed him not guilty on both counts. On both counts, he was not guilty, with eight voting for not guilty and one voted guilty. So it was not unanimous, but the majority vote was taken into consideration. Cheers and jubilation swept through the court and the masses waiting outside with bated breath. The Sessions Court judge who was presiding over the whole thing, Judge R.B. Mehta, he was not amused and he did not appreciate any of this one bit. He declared a mistrial. He called the verdict a perversion of justice. Okay. The only reason he was able to do that is because the verdict was not unanimous, which gave him the legal right to Hmm. reverse it and ask for a retrial because of that one jury who voted guilty. The judge was like, I don't like it. Retrial, mistrial.
1: Yeah, that uh, seems fair.
0: The case was sent to the Bombay High Court for a retrial, but this time it would be looked over or presided over by a judge, no jury. Okay. The new judge was also keen to have Kavas put in the rightful custody of the police because remember, this whole time, he has been in naval custody, okay? Probably living in Just regular officers' quarters. I don't think there was like some shitty jail he was being kept. Okay. So they wanted to put him in actual jail because they're like, enough, what the hell's going on? He's a criminal after all, right? Like every other suspect, he should be in jail. Yeah. The hands of influence and power that were helping and guiding the fate of Kavas were quite strong. There were rumors that the reach of these connections went all the way up to the Prime Minister. Oh. Jawaharlal Nehru. Oh, yeah. Prime Minister, yeah, this guy was a hotshot fellow. So Kavas was a decorated naval officer who was set to take over as the chief of naval staff soon. So it's not unlikely that the prime minister knew of him, right? Or even personally knew him. You would know him. You don't just wake up one day and say, okay, I'm going to be chief of naval staff. Yeah, no, yeah. it's... It's after years and years and years of grooming and connections and networking and socializing with the higher-ups, right? That's how it happens. You gotta lay down a lot of bricks. Kavas had even worked as the foreign defense attaché while he was in the UK, and he worked under a diplomat called VK Krishnamenon back in the day. And eventually, in 1959, when this case was taking place, that VK Krishnamenon was now the defense minister of India. So he had friends in high places. Yeah, yeah. This whole case had tarnished the image of men in uniform. The defense forces were not going to take it laying down, Mm -hmm. okay? Their image and their ego was significant during this time. It was important. It was crucial because of the growing tensions up north near the Himalayan border with China. Remember how I told you about... Tibet. In 1959, the Dalai Lama and Tibetans all came Mm, into India. Yeah,
1: I don't think China liked that, did they? China
0: didn't like that one bit. The Sino-Indian War was brewing Mm. then. China eventually invaded Indian territory in 1962. And that war ended in a ceasefire. But there was an air of unease and unrest for the years before and after. Okay? Mm -hmm. USSR, or, you know, Soviet Russia. Yeah is the one who finally sold India the MiG planes and other arms mm-hmm. that the country needed. And that's why, you know, India and Russia have kind kind of been best buds for the longest time. Yeah. So Privet to our Russian listeners if you're listening.
1: Lestrovia. Lestrovia? Isn't that, that cheers? I think it is. Oh well yeah, you should always know cheers in all the languages. Let me just double check that
0: one. Yeah, make sure you're not saying f**k off, bitch, or something. strovia. Okay, strovia. to all of our Russian listeners.
1: We're about to get probably on some American blacklist now. Just for our, like, tiny little bit of friendliness to Russia.
0: Anything for the listens, as long as our numbers go up. I'm happy to be on any list. <laughs>
1: You know, I think
0: we should do that more often. I think we should bake all these security agencies into listening.
1: (laughs) Let's get them. Love it.
0: So anyway, off went Kavas to Arthur Road Jail. Finally, once he was convicted by the Bombay High Court and Supreme Court, he had to finally go to jail to serve his sentence. And if you think that everything was finally fair and just in this world, you would be wrong. (laughs) He was still treated very differently from other prisoners, okay? He wore regular clothes, his food was delivered from home, and he had access to a lot more stuff like newspapers and transistors and all kinds of goodies, Mm -hmm. unlike everyone else in prison. So Blitz, still going on with their campaign, now came out with a new train of thought and embedded the idea of an official pardon for Kavas because he's convicted, he's in jail, he has to serve... You know, a life imprisonment.
1: Oh <laughs> the only way to get him out is an official pardon. Dedication to the cause. Blitz. The
0: Sindhis were furious with all this meddling by politicians in the case, and they demanded oh, justice. Oh, shit. Call it a twist of fate, or just, again, the universe looking out for kawas. A famous Sindhi man called Bhai Pratab had been overzealously sentenced to five years of prison over a trivial issue, something he should have probably served a few months in jail at best, but oh, he was awarded like five years to kind of punish the Sindhi community. Now, Bhai Pratap was not just some simple Sindhi fellow, okay? He was a decorated, highly respected freedom fighter for the Indian independence movement. Ooh. So he was a significant yeah, figure in society. The Sindhi community saw it as a retaliation when he got sentenced to five years. Okay, Okay. has got jail, so now you gave him jail? Like, this is bullshit. Ah, yeah. So the Sindhi community sought to get Bhai Pratab released from prison. They were like, he's an old man. He was by that time, you know, old and frail. And they're like, he doesn't deserve to spend his final years like this. Yeah. So slowly over the next three years, the idea grew wings and the machinations of influence in the political circles of Nehru, Mm -hmm. came through. Again, a sort of peace treaty between the Parsis and Sindhis was forged um, with the help of Ramjeet Malani, the Parchat lawyer. Mm -hmm. Because Mamie Ahuja, the sister of Prem Ahuja, she had finally agreed to letting things go. I think she was kind of trying to find meaning, you know, in in this loss Mm -hmm. and grief. And she wanted to kind of let go. So she was like, fine, let's, Forge peace instead of vengeance at this point. So in an unofficial exchange for the pardon of Bhai Mm Pratap, the governor of newly formed Maharashtra state, Miss Vijay Lakshmi Pandit. Yeah. Vijay Lakshmi Pandit, who was the sister of Prime Minister Nehru.
1: Oh my God.
0: Granted Kavas
1: an official pardon and he was a free man by 1963. (gasps) Okay, so only four years later, it's all just... Nothing, you know. The rich, uh, the rich pay no price. They had their little show.
0: So we saw in Alavandar too. Remember, the husband kind of got away with killing the boyfriend. Even then, mm-hmm. they got two years in jail and they were set free. Yeah, because uh, the judge and the jury at that time sympathized with them. Damn, the patriarchy is strong. Seriously. <laughs> After his release, Calves was given a job. Uh, He had to obviously leave the Navy, but he was given a job by J.R.D. Tata himself from the Tata group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parsi big conglomerate. They support their community members. So they gave him a job to kind of rehabilitate himself and to kind of bump up his name and reputation again as a respectable member of society. So he got a job as a life insurance executive. (laughs) (laughs) A little uh, ironic. Yeah, seriously. But the damage to his reputation was too much for them to bear. It had been especially hard on the Nanawati kids. True. Who at that time of this incident were I think like seven, nine, and thirteen years of age. So they were old enough to see and feel and experience all of the bullying
1: in That's school. That's crazy. Yeah. That must have been nuts.
0: Oh. And I mean, I don't even know how Sylvia managed to walk out on the streets of Bombay again. Not easily.
1: Well, do you think she was actually walking on the streets of Bombay that much anyways to begin with? Rich white lady, naval officer, She's <laughs> probably just like being driven around everywhere, right? From country club to whatever.
0: But even in the circles that she was roaming around in, everyone's going to look at her differently now.
1: Yeah, 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 totally.
0: And they figured that they had to get out of there. The life would never be the same for them again in Bombay. And you see the powers come into play again and save Kavas. This last time. Whoever it was that was helping him ensured that his criminal status didn't get in the way when he applied to emigrate to Canada. Hmm. A visa. The Nanawatis settled in Burlington, Ontario, which at that time and I think even today is a small community. It's not like some big bustling New York type city. Small town, small community, people know each other and they settled in well.
1: I feel like for an Indian, between you and me, and probably all Indians in Canada might agree that having to move to Canada as an Indian is a punishment on itself. (laughs) What? Why? This is cold. The cold? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is torture. Sorry, Canada. I like Canada, but I I also think it's way too cold for me. Okay, I don't think I could live there. I want to live in Canada, but I can't. I just physically cannot. It's like when you banish someone to Siberia, that's kind of like what it feels like.
0: Off to Canada with you.
1: Canadians are awesome, but I just physically would not be able to live there. You are
0: right. Like for Desi people, for all brown people, it is... An added layer of punishment to have to live in the cold. And I'm very close to Canada, so I'm living that life, Alice. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> I am too. France is freaking cold as well. I'm gray. Why do we do this to ourselves? <laughs> I don't know. I should be living in Jamaica or something. I don't know <laughs> why we picked New England.
0: Okay. The Parsi community in in Burlington, Ontario, welcomed them with open arms, and the family grew roots stronger there than ever before. So Kavos worked in the insurance industry, even there, and Sylvia worked in the Interior Bank of Commerce for many years. They had several grandchildren who were probably unaware of their grandparents' sordid history in Bombay. Wow. Kawas Manik Shaw Nanavati died in 2003. And Sylvia now lives in an assisted living facility in Burlington. Her children are all grown up. They have grandkids and they live as, you know, regular members of society. I, I don't want to say their names or anything because they're out and about, you yeah. know, living their good lives. They're totally innocent. And they probably paid the price more than anything mm-hmm. for, for this whole incident. And I feel very sorry for them. Ain't that how it do be sometimes. Yeah.
1: Wow. What a case. Yeah. Oh. And, <laughs> <laughs> well, <gasps> soap opera. Pays to be um, in the upper echelons of society once again. Yeah. The rich get away with everything, really, right?
0: What a spectacle. Because the snazzy navy is involved, Like mm-hmm. right? mm-hmm. An officer and a gentleman can do no wrong. He was a great officer, great husband, son, whatever. But what I'm seeing is veiled misogyny, unfair political intervention, uh, social class flaunting its privilege at all levels. The law is supposed to be blind, equal for all, Mm. but that was not the case today.
1: The people who don't have this advantage totally being manipulated by the press Mm. into, like, you know, backing a guy who has every advantage and still does a shitty thing <laughs> and gets away
0: with it all right so with that i am the tale of kawas manik shaw nanawati an officer and a gentleman and also a convicted murderer who got away with it <laughs> awesome
1: <laughs> what do you think alex final thoughts i don't know get the broom get the broom <laughs> i hope he hated canada
0: I'm, I'm sorry to inform you. I'm pretty sure they must have loved it out there. Nah,
1: nah, nah.
0: I hope he forgot his uh, gloves and hat many, many times out in the, you know, <laughs> winter, winters yeah. of
1: Canada. I mean, like couldn't get any of the good Farsi food or, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> life, life was hard for him. Hopefully he paid the price.
0: Yeah, I mean, so from what I've read... He was a nice guy, and I'm sure he felt bad. I'm sure he felt some remorse and regret. Yeah. But it doesn't matter what you feel. It matters how the law is supposed to treat you.
1: This whole point you made earlier, too, about him being trained to kill, and, like, it, it definitely murkies, murks, murkifies? With- Muddies the water? Yes. It, it makes murky the water. What's the right response? Yeah, because this is a person who has a license to kill in the right, quote-unquote, appropriate setting. I just am um, thinking a lot about what it must have been like for Sylvia afterwards. Like, if she was as in love as she said with Prem, and then she lives with the man who killed him, but that's also her husband, who she has children with. I'm sure she was torn the whole time. It must have been just shitty.
0: So there is a show made on this case, uh, which you can watch on Z5. Z5 is a network okay. which has an app in the US. You can watch shows, Indian shows and movies on Z5. There is a show there called The Verdict. Okay. State versus Nanavati, which I watched as part of research nice. for this episode. Was it good? And it seems to be made very well, as close to the truth as they could possibly do. Cool. They show that they were truly in love. They felt like they had found their soulmates and slowly forged into a very deep relationship. Unlike maybe what she had had with Kawas, which was more like, you know, teenage hormones, whirlwind romance, kind of being swept off your feet in the moment, right? So so I imagine, yes, she may have actually been devastated to lose Preem in this way and now having to stay with someone who killed someone you love so deeply must have been... I don't even know. Big
1: old mind fart. Ah, big mess.
0: Yeah, big mess. Okay, so that's my first recommendation for today. If you are interested in this case, go watch that show. It's a limited web series. I think there's like eight or nine episodes. Very well made. Cool. It's called The Verdict. It's on Z5. Nice. There is a movie. (laughs) There is a mainstream Bollywood movie made on this case called Rustam. I don't recommend it. It is... (laughs) Mediocre at best. Once you watch The Verdict, that thing looks like a middle school play. It is so dumb. Oh, no. So much unnecessary drama. So much crap. Like the way that they've shown Sylvia in that movie is just exactly what a misogynist would write her character as you know helpless no agency oh, oh no. i'm being influenced by this evil player by he's drugging me <sighs> to seduce me nonsense <laughs> they can't digest that a woman can have these feelings and go ahead and you know take these kind of steps they can't think of a woman as a person
1: they also just picked like a very indian looking actress for this i feel like
0: so I, I did not enjoy that Rustam movie for these reasons. I do not recommend Rustam. If you watch it, you're on your own. <laughs> <laughs> and for the two other recommendations today, I'm just going to stick to movies about men in uniform. Cool. If you enjoy watching men in uniform uh, in movies about war conflicts and things like that, I recommend the movie Ghazi Attack, which is based on a true incident from the 1971 indo-pakistan naval war there was a little international incident that took place in the oceans mm-hmm. it is a decent thriller and i'm sure any and all resemblances in the movie to scenes and i mean frame to frame scenes mm-hmm. from the hollywood movie crimson tide is coincidental
1: okay <laughs> <laughs>
0: i'm sure i'm sure it's yeah, all coincidental okay sounds legit <laughs> I was floored, like, this is major deja vu. I've seen this before. (laughs) What is going Uh, on? Don't tell Hollywood.
1: Sounds like a lawsuit. Then it hit me.
0: This is like that Denzel Washington submarine movie. All of these scenes in the submarine. I mean, Ghazi Attack is still very watchable. Only a few of the submarine scenes are inspired or whatever. Okay, Okay. I'm just... Just... Movie's fine. Go watch it. The second movie I will recommend today is called Uri the surgical strike okay it is a really good movie about a super secret stealth mission that the indian army did in pakistan in 2016 the movie is a slightly fictionalized telling of that stealth mission where the army eliminated a pocket of deadly terrorists who had attacked an indian army base and killed 19 soldiers mm-hmm. If you go inside of another country and kill someone there, that's an act of war. You're invading yeah. a country. Just like the soldier American soldiers went in and killed Osama Oh yeah, bin Laden, right? Mm. That was also in Pakistan. Mm-hmm. But it was a surgical strike and they came and went. Nobody even knew. The movie is really good. I got goosebumps watching it. There are excellent action sequences and edge of your seat moments throughout the movie. If you enjoyed black hawk down zero dark 30 13 hours etc watch this okay. like it's made in a similar vein. yeah um but obviously it has desi flavor a little bit uh and of course hot guy alert Ooh, who
1: tell me tell me tell me the movie stars vicky kaushal vicky kaushal let's see what we got here oh hello okay yeah oh yes interesting <laughs> um he's a really good actor
0: He's a really good actor, and I think he's hot. I mean, I like the look of that guy. Newsflash! Vicky Kaushal and Katrina Kaif literally just got married a couple days ago. I'm
1: looking at their wedding photo right now, and they look super cute.
0: Yeah, congratulations. He's off the market. Sorry, ladies and men. That's annoying. Another one bites the
1: dust. Duke, Duke, Duke. Good Parsi reference. Let's hope. Let's hope she doesn't have an affair, and he naval murders. Doesn't have to shoot someone. Her lover. Um, Yeah.
0: Okay, so by the time this episode airs, it's actually going to be around
1: Christmas time. I think. I can see you're already ready for it with your leopard print Santa hat that you've been telling the story in for the last almost, I don't know, hour and a half or something. Very festive.
0: Yeah, I was wondering if it's going to be throwing off the whole mood of this murder story.
1: Nah, no, nah, no, nah. The leopard print kept it daisy for me. Not that there are leopards in India, are there? No. Yes. Of course. Yeah. Thousands of leopards. I've seen leopards. There you go.
0: If you're listening and you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas. And if you celebrate Hanukkah, Happy Hanukkah. And if there's anything else you celebrate at that time, happy holidays and have a great time. Spend time with your family. Eat food. Eat food, listen to music. Hail Satan. Hail Satan, yeah. Talk shit about all the relatives that didn't show up. That's the time to bitch about them. (laughs) Take naps. Pet the cat. Don't buy like a shit ton of gifts,
1: okay? No one needs things anymore. The planet is burdened with trash unless you want to buy us a gift and subscribe to our patreon totally carbon neutral way of supporting us and spreading the cold dark weather cheer
0: oh speaking of patreon we have two new patreon members Yes,
1: (laughs) and one of them is my mom hi mom (laughs) my mom is in india right now with your mom And our uncle, and they're doing like a mega nostalgia tour, which just seems like a whole lot of fun. And it's sunny, and they're looking warm and happy, and I'm extremely jealous.
0: Um, They're going to do like a safari in one of the national forests. Yeah. They're going to Seoni, which is the home of Mowgli. (gasps) Nice. Oh, That's awesome. They are literally going to go to the jungles where the tales of Mowgli and other feral children came from. Yeah, well, thanks. Small teaser, next week I'm going to be recording a very special episode and I'm super excited about it. I don't know about all the the listeners because, again, it's something I love. Which, I mean, it's not true crime. You can guess what it is, kind of, related to. It's... (laughs) (laughs) The mysterious cosmos. The universe. And other beings in the universe.
1: Pia. Phone. Home.
0: So stay tuned for that. And follow us on all our socials.
1: Some extra masala love. Yeah, that extra spice. You and subscribe what is that maggie called there's a like double masala maggie yeah that's what we're we're gonna put on offer
0: and that's about it we'll see you in a few weeks on another episode of crimes from the east your daisy true crime and strange phenomenon podcast with a little masala masala and spicy spice spice. Spice, 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 spice,
1: spice. namaste bye bye